0: This this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM. The following program is rated for mature audiences. and may contain adult language, adult situations, and frank safety discussions. The names and certain details have been changed to protect the safe and the unsafe. But believe me, every item in here is true. Here we are out in Colorado we're recording this podcast. I wanted to introduce you to a member of our team, Katie McGrogan. She comes to us from uh, the firefighting industry, if that is an industry, and also as an EMT. We were fortunate enough to hire her about a year and a half ago. And uh, why don't you say hello, Katie? Hi, everyone. So Katie has had a couple of questions over the last month or so. And this has been an ongoing topic in the safety industry. And we wanted to talk about what's your main issue that you deal with that on the jobs, it seems. Well, I guess it would have to do with the people. Sometimes the leadership on sites, they're, uh, they're a little bit deceptive and devious, and they have this great charismatic personality, and they're people pleasers, but there's something underneath that just isn't truthful. What would you call that type of person? A psychopath. So, my special request, today on Safety Wars, psychopaths in the workplace. Let me start out with a little disclaimer here. I'm not a psychologist, I don't play one on TV or the radio, I'm just a guy on the internet that has been a magnet for psychopaths and has to deal with them for his entire life. Diagnosing and treating psychopathy takes time and treatment by professionals. If you think you are one, get help. If you think you've been victimized by them, then you definitely probably need help. First of all, let's define psychopathy or sociopathy. It is defined by the NIH, as a neuropsychiatric disorder marked by deficient emotional responses, lack of empathy, and poor behavioral controls, commonly resulting in persistent antisocial deviance and criminal behavior in some cases. Many years ago, I got out of a work situation where the people in charge probably met all of these definitions, at least at work. About two weeks after I got out of that situation, I was listening to John Bachelor, a radio talk show host out of New York City one night. He was interviewing Dr. Hare, a noted psychiatrist and developer of the Hare's list of psychopathic indicators. He listed some of the major attributes of psychopaths, and sure enough, those are often the types of people that I had to get involved with in my career. Old school project managers in construction and environmental management were always rampantly psychopathic, in my opinion, going back and looking back 20 years later. It was accepted. It was incentivized. Unlike today, We have a better understanding today of these individuals, and companies are better able to usually manage them, especially the larger ones. The question is, what's a good indicator of a psychopath? Here's a good one for you. When there is a catastrophic injury, loss, or a fatality, and the person says, shit happens, or it was just their time. They give what we used to call crocodile tears, and then a week or two later, we're back to business as usual. I recently heard a good one. I don't give a shit if the person takes a header off the bridge. I need to get the job done, on time and within budget. First of all, why do companies hire psychopaths? There's a lot of answers. Personal affiliation, family members, any of those. But an easy answer is, they get the job done. Often the big producers in a company or organization are psychopaths, especially if a company is looking at short-term profits. Often, they leave the company or the project they are working on well before it ends, or before negative consequences come to complete fruition. So your companies with high turnover rates may be a good environment for the psychopaths to flourish. And when I see a company with high turnaround, I know that there's usually an issue there. Some of the attributes that make them desirable. During job interviews, they appear to be easygoing, friendly, and easy to get along with. They have a superficial charm. Basically, all the positive traits that you're looking for, they seem to have because they're the master manipulators. Why are they promoted in an organization? They're normally cool under pressure because they have very little empathy. They are polished. They dress well. They have charm. They are able to make snap decisions, period. They don't worry about emotional consequences. They're able to get done, get those decisions made. So the lack of empathy seems to coincide with some of these positive, positive I use air quotes, attributes. Often they know how to manipulate a system and bully people, sometimes without the person to actually know that they're being bullied. See our previous episode on gaslighting in episode 8. They create confusion to advance themselves. What do we call them? The problem, the reaction, and the solution. They identify the problem, control the response, and of course, they have all the solutions. They are able to impress people especially those in positions of power. So they're the ones who always make the meetings, who always are visible, that are there. They, oh, uh, and they get to know everybody. They get to know the management. While you're in the field, doing what you're doing in the field, they're in the office doing what they do in the office, creating networks, partnerships, and everything else. They're also the ones that might might be psychopaths. That's, in my experience, where they, uh, where they exist, right? How do we identify them? Right, here's some more attributes. Again, some of these are from Dr. Hare, some of them are not. Right, They have a high estimation of themselves. Right, So, one of the things is often, and this is my experience, they are smarter than you and they let you know. And they'll also always remind you. The implication is that you are not. Now you're able to be manipulated. You're put into a situation of being manipulated. Pathological lying, where they're going to lie over everything. We're not even talking the white lies, we're talking lying when they don't even need to lie. They're just lying, right? The lack of remorse or guilt for anything. Manipulativeness. Lack of empathy. Right? They're emotionally not mature. My favorite. The parasitic lifestyle. This is back from my political activism days. These individuals typically own nothing, have no credit. Like, you run a credit score on them, it's like 300, right? They have multiple bankruptcies through... And people go bankrupt all the time. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about multiple bankruptcies for not really valid reasons, right? They don't pay their income taxes or any other taxes. Work off the books and for cash. All of those things are parasitic lifestyles in a lot of cases when it's taken to the extreme. Failure to accept responsibility for their own actions. Right, that's number seven. They often manipulate situations that you should take the blame for their mistakes. So we're going to blame... Somebody else. You're going to blame the guy who's off that day, right? Again, go back to the whole thing with pushback that safety professionals uh, get. So a good one is you're on vacation. A problem arises. They could wait till you get back from vacation, but they call you on vacation to uh, fix it so, and blame you because you're out of the office. And then when you come back in, all of a sudden you have a mess on your hands. If someone does that, they're, that's a pretty good indicator of what you're dealing with. This is the other thing if you admit that you're at fault then they say well look he admitted to fault now it's deflecting blame away from them and they use that to manipulate you so now you're in a situation where hey you oh, okay yeah i could have done that a little bit better now they use that as an amp they amplify it and that's used to manipulate you and make you look bad make themselves look good they're unable to set realistic long-term goals how do you identify this you if Let's say you're a worker, and this is your manager is a psychopath. During your annual review, or maybe uh, some other appropriate time, you say, hey, where's this organization going? And if they don't have good long-term goals that are even realistic, they have no way of getting there, right? That might be an indicator that you have a problem here. Because managers often indicate to you that you should have long-term goals and your short-term goals, well, guess what? The managers should also have that. They should be able to communicate a vision for their organization. If they don't have that, that's a red flag. And general irresponsibility. Are they irresponsible And everything they do? They don't care, no work ethic. You name it, they just general irresponsibility. Now we're into what we wanted to talk about. What are we gonna do about it? Documenting things might help. But realize that in documenting things, that's a distraction from everything else you have to do. So if the C-suite accepts them, there's very little that you can do about it, right? Very little. Some of the solutions are from Amy Morin from an inc, That's inc.com article from April 2018. She has a couple of things on here, right? Number one, keep your emotions in check. If you're dealing with a person who lacks empathy, they're going to use that your empathy against you. So you might have to be a little bit, give up some of your empathy and be as cool as they are, right? But don't be intimidated. Number two, one of the ways that a psychopath controls people in situations is to intimidate you. you now, so they give you a, uh, a, a problem or what have you, right? And they intimidate you with it. You're going to do X, Y, and Z. They give you what we used to call a shit sandwich and force you to eat it. Just be careful you don't do anything illegal. Because I tell you what, if you trade pain for pain with these people, one, they have no empathy. It ain't going to impact them. However, you lose a bit of yourself. So trading pain for pain ain't going to get you to where you need to be here, and it's going to uh, make you look bad, right? Don't buy into their stories, especially if they always paint themselves out to be the victim of things. What kind of stories? Are they showing, hey, this is a story, and this is how I overcame it? I'm going to overcome it this way, right? That's, if they're saying, well, I was the victim and this guy did this and this guy did this to me and woe is me, they're looking for you to give them sympathy so then they could use it to manipulate you into this situation. Here's another one. Turn the conversation back on them. Use their flaws against them. So, ask questions. They want to, well, how are we going to do this? How would you handle it? Well, those are two questions, but you try to turn it back on them in a polite professional way the last thing and this is becoming more and more popular because of covid opt for online communication before an in-person communication this way there's some type of a quote-unquote paper trail with that so what else can we do here right you don't want to lose part of yourself and drive yourself crazy with these folks right so for uh if you're in human resources go and look at hey look at this stuff. You can look up some professional resources that are legal, or maybe you could weed out some of these personalities, um, see if they're going to fit into your organization. If you don't hire them, you don't have to deal with them. However, you can't do anything illegal. I'm not advocating doing anything illegal, or immoral, or unethical. For uh, psychopathy to be a clinical diagnosis, it needs to be addressed by a psychologist or psychiatrist. Now, In my non-professional experience as a psychologist, right, I think we all have a little bit of psychopathy in us, but when it becomes a problem, right, it has to be addressed. So, one one other parting point. Confronting these folks. You try to uh, confront them up front. Professionally, ethically, morally, legally, up front versus letting things fester, and then you have an explosion. Because then at that point, when you explode and unload on them, then they're the victim. They will play the victim card, and now you're the aggressor. And things, again, are going to be turned around on you. So, if you recognize these trends and you, maybe you need to get counseling. But the other thing is, if you're a victim of a psychopath, you need to really get some kind of help out there. So if you're a victim, right, or suffering from any other emotional abuse, there is help out there. Two sources out there in the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255 or mentalhealth.gov. For Safety Wars, this is Jim Polzel.